folks. I hope you're ready because today we're getting into part two of Don't Get Snake Bit. Last time Rick and I got together and we discussed here a little bit about the Israelites and the trouble that they had gone through led up into the conclusion of what it was like to get snake bit by a bad attitude. And so today we're going to get into part two. Rick, get us kicked off here, man. Where are we going to today? Okay, we're going to start off in Numbers chapter 21 and verses 7 through 9. Now, the people had grumbled. They had been fed up. Mm-hmm. And they grumbled and complained against God and Moses. Yep. Okay, and as a result, they took themselves out from under God's protection, and uh, venomous snakes came and, and bit several of them, mm-hmm. and they died. Right. So uh, in verse seven, it says, "The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us.'" <laughs> so Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by the snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. So, fortunately, unfortunately for Israel, they let their, their bad attitude get the best of them. Mm-hmm. And they responded in a negative way. And they suffered negative consequences as a result. Mm-hmm. But they were smart enough to confess they did wrong right repent you know they showed remorse they they begged for help and um and so god heard their prayer and when they looked at the bronze snake they were you know they were healed the the venom didn't hurt them mm-hmm. and the bronze snake is a is a is a foreshadow of jesus on the cross mm-hmm. so you know if we ever sin and in this case if someone finds out themselves that they're snake bit you know, the murmuring and complaining and grumbling about this, that, or the other right. with a bad attitude. Uh, what they should do is what the Israelites did. Repent, mm-hmm. confess to yep. God, and then look to the cross. Look to the blood of Jesus to cleanse him of that iniquity. Absolutely. I will say our interesting point is that it didn't say that he got rid of all the snakes. Did you read that? No, I didn't see that anywhere. I didn't see that anywhere. Yeah. So the snakes came in, and then they stayed. They were just God gave them away. To get out from the consequences of the snakes. Right. Right. But that's that's an interesting point that he didn't remove all the snakes. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I like that. All right. Let's go uh, continue on then. So let's look at some ways. Well, let's look uh, at uh, what the scripture says about grumbling and complaining. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, it says, Do all things without grumbling and disputing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Yeah, I think you must have misread that because I I, I, I thought I heard you say do all things, but that's it couldn't have been yeah. right. It must have said do most things no, or do all. the do the Christian things. That's we'll do the Christian things without murmuring and complaining, you know. The yeah. things that like coming in and singing. Mm-hmm. For Sunday morning, we could do that without complaining, right? And, yeah. and we could, you know, we can hand out some flyers without complaining. Uh, we could do that, but but getting up to go to work, uh, I'm sure I wasn't talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think no. it said all things. All yeah. things. Yep, that's yeah. exactly right. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. And you know, and, and by doing that, you know, we're supposed to let our light shine as children of God. Mm-hmm. And if if we can grow and mature into a, a place where we do all things without grumbling and disputing. You know, we we shine among a it says here warped and crooked generations. That's right. We become beacons of light that others can look at. You know, we we actually, you know, we come become beacons of light in darkness, so we're actually drawing attention to ourselves. Yeah, and think about this. We've all had that, you know, 
Think about a place that you've worked or a friend that you have that mm-hmm. even no matter how bad things got, they always had the good attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think about like working. There was just one particular time. Production was just going crazy. Demand was high. So we were, and I was working in manufacturing, and boy, we were just pumping out product. I mean, just left and right. Schedules had to be changed. Overtime was then put in, and it seemed like, man, for a month or two, we didn't get a day off. Like one day for every 12 days that we worked or something, right? And everybody, after about three weeks into this, everybody started complaining. Oh, how horrible it was and so on and so forth. And they'd come in, they'd clock in, you'd hit the line, and before you even turn the machine on, somebody's complaining about having to be at work, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But then there's always those one or two or three people that would come in, and it just seemed like nothing in the world affected them. Mm-hmm. Well, if you got on the line and you worked with them, your day just went so much better. Mm-hmm. You started off on the right foot with that, and you gravitated towards them. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. They, they, you know, in a sea of grumbling and complaining, they stood out. That's right. You know, attention was drawn to them. Hey, they're different. Why aren't you complaining? That's right. And Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in <laughs> yeah. this world. And it becomes a, a testimony opportunity. It does, actually. Yeah. And, di- and in this world where there is everything around us seems, ne- especially, you know, the media, the news, everything is negative. Mm-hmm. Fear sells, negativity sells, just drama, 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 drama. Every, I mean, everywhere we go, they, somebody wants you worried or down under something. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So how refreshing yeah. is it in this world if you're the opposite, swimming against the current in that, and people go, oh, I don't have to do this? What do you mean I don't have to feel this way? I could turn and have this kind of a life? You're exactly right. It opens up a doorway to share the gospel. That's right. Yep. That's right. But it's kind of hard to share the gospel when you're sitting there complaining just like everybody else Yeah, is when you're no different than the world. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, go go ahead. Right. What's our next example there? Well, Rick, we're going we're gonna to look at somebody who got snake bit, okay, and then the outcome, and and this is Judas. Oh, so we're going from a little Old Testament to a little New Testament example. Yeah, to the okay. Gospels here. Good. Uh, we're going to start off in Matthew chapter sixteen, verse twenty-one, and it says, "From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life." Now, this shook the disciples to the core right? because the prophecies of the Messiah mm-hmm. said the Messiah is going to come, liberate us, and set up his rule. That's right. His you kingdom. Know? Yep. Yeah. Right. You know, the, the prophecies were all, it, you know, they thought it would be simultaneous mm-hmm. because when a, a, an ancient prophet talked about the Messiah coming, mm-hmm. he also talked about the, the everlasting rule that the Messiah was going to set up. That's right. Okay, so they didn't know that God had a mystery planned for in between those two events. Right. They thought it'd be simultaneous. Well, and that's even to this day. That's what the, the Orthodox Jews still believe now. That's right. why they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Right, because right? he didn't set up his everlasting kingdom. That's exactly right. That's yeah. why as Christians, we're different with that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's actually why the gospel went to the Jews first before it was then given to the Gentiles as well, mm-hmm. the good news of the gospel. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, could yeah. You, but just so, so people yes. hear that, they so know that. So in between those two events, um, there's the age of grace. Yeah. You know, and, and Jesus commissioned his church to go out and preach the gospel. Right. To every nation, so that's where we're at now. Um, 
Sorry, but I didn't mean to get you off yeah, track there. But with it doesn't that, but it doesn't nullify the fact that Jesus will set up his everlasting kingdom. That's right. That's still going to happen. It is, but you know, to them who had never thought of anything different, they never heard of anything different. Yeah. The disciples only knew it one way, and this is the way it was going to be. Right. Yeah. Right. So that I could see where it was confusing to them to yeah. hear something outside of that. Yeah, and it could even be uh, disconcerting to some of them because sure. you know they've been taught that. Uh, that way of thinking their whole life, mm -hmm. they they totally believed Jesus was the was the Messiah, so they totally believed that he was going to liberate uh, Israel and mm -hmm. set up his everlasting kingdom. And rightly so. I mean, signs and wonders were everywhere with Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, he he knew scripture better yeah. than anyone. He, he was the he was the Word. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So he knew scripture, signs and wonders. So everything that they had seen all the way up to this point solidified the fact that he was the Messiah yeah. that matched everything. So they, I'm sure they had just as much confidence that the everlasting kingdom was on the verge of happening. That's right. That's right. And um, I, I kind of think a lot of them were looking forward to their elevated position that they would have had. Well, of course. They even argued at one point in time which yeah. one would be the greatest yeah. in the kingdom. Yeah. So, you know, you know I mean, exactly. I mean, obviously, yep. Yeah. So here they are. They, they, they've they given up everything, invested three years of their life following Jesus as the Messiah, and now he's talking about dying. Right. You know, and then, and then they're confused, and, and some of them might have even said, this wasn't what I signed up for. Well, you, you know, know and I want to be elevated to this great position of stature, you yeah. know, in the everlasting kingdom. What's going on here? Well, you know, Scripture even tells us that when Jesus was arrested, they all fleed. Exactly. So, I mean, here they yeah. are. You're right. It's all crumbling apart, you know, in that particular moment. But, yeah, back to your point of, of, of all this really was the disciples. It's, it had to be very disheartening yeah. at that point. And, and yeah. if you really think about it, you can understand why. Yes, from know? a human point of view. Absolutely. You know, you invested, uh, you gave up everything, invested three years of your life mm -hmm. looking forward to, you know, that investment paying off. Yeah. And now it looks like it was all for nothing. Yeah. And I'm sure every single one of us, you listening and us talking, have had this exact same experience in our life in yeah. one way or another. Yeah, or if we were there in one of the disciples' places, we would re probably react the same way they did. Yeah, well, how many times have we yeah. been told? You've been told, hey, this is what's going to happen this way. Just in our life, let's take, the, let's take Christ out of this just for a second. Let's, let's put it in our life application of secular world even mm -hmm. you know how many times have we been told you're up for a promotion you know if you'll do a b c and d this is what's going to happen at the end of this or you've been promised something maybe your parents or something or you promised your kids something right mm -hmm. and then all this comes up and then right at, when you think it's about to happen it doesn't happen the way that you were told or felt that you were told this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were promoted, but not promoted in the same department. Or yeah. maybe you were taken to a different you know, place or something. Something happened, but it didn't happen how you thought it would happen. Yeah. I think we all can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they were wrestling with a, a bad attitude. Yep. And in Judas's case, we're going to see here that he wasn't a very moral person to begin with. That's right. That's right. And so in, in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 6, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the hometown of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So they hosted a dinner for Jesus there. Martha served, and Lazarus was, was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out a pint of expensive perfume made of pure nard. And she anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. 
But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was going to betray him, asked, Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? Now Judas did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to take from... He, as keeper of the money bag, he used to take from uh, from it. Uh, he used to take what was put. Yeah, he was used. He used to take from what was put into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me help you out there, right? there. That's okay. Yeah. That's all yeah. right. As keeper of the money bag, he used to take from what was put into it. Let me put it in plain <laughs> terms. He stole some money. Yeah, yeah that's right. Whatever yeah. went in the money bag, yeah. he helped himself too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I would not have phrased <laughs> that sentence that way, but yeah, yeah. I, I kept getting tongue-tied over it. But it's right. not something. Yeah. yeah, so he was, yeah, here's a, a man that walked with Jesus, like you said, saw all the signs and wonders, mm-hmm. heard his, his messages, and yet he was a, he was a thief. Yep. And now, you know, with his bad attitude about the way things are unfolding, he's also murmuring and complaining. Yep. You, know, you know, why was that wasted blessing Jesus? You know, he you know, he was offended. Jesus got blessed. Right. So I think he had some animosity towards Jesus at that point. I'm going to take a, a quick little rabbit hole here. There is uh, there is something about this, though, that I want people to understand. I was just talking with somebody about this the other day. Do you think Jesus knew Judas was a thief? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think Jesus knew that Judas was going to be the one to betray him? Absolutely. And I think people would say, oh, well, that's why he left him in the disciples. I don't think so. Matthew, who was a tax collector, was a cheat as a tax collector. Uh, Peter, who um, denied Jesus, right, um, at three times, also had a hot temper. He cut a man's ear off and he cursed. So he had a foul mouth. But these were still people who were disciples of Jesus. I say all this to tell you. We need to get out of this notion of serving God once we're perfect. Right. Jesus takes us as we are. Right. Through loving him, which is if Judas would have really loved Jesus, that's the difference between knowing him and loving him. If if Judas really loved Jesus, Judas would have changed just like Matthew changed, just like Peter ended up changing, Mm -hmm. just like Paul ended up changing. We change but I want each one of us, everybody out there that's listening to this, and, and, and you need to share this with others, because they keep saying, I don't want to come to church and be a hypocrite. But we need to abolish that. We need to get that thought out of their mind, mm-hmm. because God takes you as you are. And then, when the timing is right, not my timing, not your timing, not our parents' timing, not our children's timing, and God's timing We'll, they'll get convicted over change with these things. Now, I'm sorry. I know that's a, a rabbit hole, but I want no, you to think about that. No, that's a good point. Uh, Jesus, Jesus let Judas still stay in that, even though he was a thief. He was still, mm-hmm. and didn't take him out of even of the money. Right. <laughs> Jesus knew he was a thief and still had him in charge of the money and never withdrew that from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is a God of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, and that reminds me of uh, the verse where the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Yeah, yes, God will put anointing on someone, but if they choose to live their life in a wrong way, that's right. That anointing's still there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, I just yeah. want to, you know, people just think about that. When even when you're looking at your own children or your own parents or loved ones or friends or whatever, like that, and let them know we don't need to browbeat them. Mm. God will convict their heart. Yeah, they just got to serve God for it to happen. So really, just get them into get them into fellowship is the key, 
Because once they're brought in under fellowship, then they can experience God's love through you. Mm-hmm. Right? And that will show them who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be drawn to Jesus through you. Yeah. And then they'll change. And then we'll all celebrate as we go into heaven. Amen? Amen. All right. Continue on, right. Brother Rick. So uh, Judas, uh, he's an immoral person. Uh, he's got a bad attitude. And that attitude is now compelling him to murmur and complain. Mm-hmm. So he's snake bit yep. at this point. And let's see uh, the consequences of this. In Luke chapter 22, verses 3 and 4, it says, Then Satan, Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, the one of the twelve. And Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. Yeah. So now here he's he's actually working against God. He's lashing out at God and... Um, you know, there's satanic activity going on in his life now. Yep. And the same thing can happen to us if we keep ourselves in a snake bit condition too long. That's right. You know, right. there'll be some demonic activity. We're, we're inviting demonic activity into our lives. Yep. And, and that's when I mentioned earlier where if we don't handle a bad attitude properly, you know, we're going to uh, end up having more negative stuff come into our lives, making our situation even worse. That's exactly you know, right. You know, it's one thing to be a child of God and you're wrestling with all these bad circumstances. But if you start murmuring, complaining, and, and allowing um, dark, you know, allowing darkness to come into your life, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be satanic activity against you. Yep. Things will get worse. Well, Rick, I think you picked a perfect example out of the New Testament there to discuss what it would be like once uh, you get snake bit and allow it to, to fester in to your life. So. Yeah. I tell you, that's a really good example. But uh, Rick, I, I'm sorry to say, my friend, but that's all the time we got for today. All right. So uh, that concludes part two of uh, Don't Get Snake Bit. But uh, don't worry, folks, we got more. It'll be another part three coming up, coming at you next week. But until then, listen, uh, we'll be praying for you. We love you. God loves you. Y'all be blessed. And I'm Pastor Mike, along with Rick Salcida. Mm-hmm. And Rick, get us on out. All right, everyone, prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen.